to the Love Frequency Podcast. My name is Lisa Love, and what's got me thinking this week is the process of creating what we want. And I don't know about you, but I think one of the hardest questions to answer, and sometimes even to ask, is what do I want? And that really is the beginning of the creative process, is getting some clarity about what you want. Into nature, if you're going for a walk or doing something outside, and just bring that question gently to mind, and then let it go. And allow yourself to sort of daydream, and wonder, and sort of revel in possibility thinking. And I think as adults, we really have learned to shut down our imaginations, right? Because we judge that we're just thinking, you know, rainbows and unicorns, and it's all fairy dust and, you know, magic. And that's not grounded. That's not very adult, right? But that's where, that's where we need to go to start the process. And if we limit what we think we want by what we think is practical or what we can have, then we've already limited the process and we've shut down an aspect of our creativity. So live into that question for the next couple of days. What do I want? And think of it in terms of not only material things or relationships, but what kind of quality of life do you want? What kind of adventures do you want to have? What kind of people do you want to surround yourself with? What do you want to learn? How do you want to grow? Right? There's so many other questions that come off of those. And just let yourself go down the rabbit hole of, of wondering, you know, even if things are good. How could they be better? And I think sometimes we feel guilty that if we want too much, that somehow we're depriving somebody else of having what they want. And it's not a competition. When I see somebody having what they want, and maybe it's something that I want too, I've learned to shift out of feeling less than or feeling even jealous to really celebrating it because I'm like, wow, If they have that, if they can do that, I can too. And they're just showing me that I can, I can dream that way as well. And I thank them silently for giving me that, that hope, that vision, that sense of possibility. Right? If we'd never imagined that we could land on the moon back in 1960, 59, 60, never even imagined that. We, we wouldn't even be out in space. And that seemed like rainbows and unicorns at the time. It's amazing. So back to the creative process. Once you've decided what are the qualities of things that you want, it's important that they be general enough, yet specific enough that you can recognize it. When it's here. So if it's too specific, 
Like if you want, say, uh, to go on a wonderful vacation to go scuba diving and you want to do that in Mallorca, then, you know, it's possible that you're missing out on an opportunity to find an even better deal somewhere else that you wouldn't have even thought of, right? So you kind of have to leave options a little bit open in order to allow the universe or the creative forces of cosmic consciousness to conspire on your behalf. So there's this sort of internal clarification of what do I want? What could be possible? And, and then offering that up, right? At some point you have to give that over because you don't have to know the how. You don't have to know the specific steps that you have to take to get there. You do have to let go of it a little bit. And then follow your next insight, your next urge, your next impulse, which might be, you know, talking to a friend or looking something up online or taking a nap and having a dream, you know, like, or, or just even visualizing it, you know, doing a meditation and imagining that you're in this beautiful place. And the water is that beautiful, kind of milky green color with soft white sand and warm sun and gentle breeze, right? It doesn't have to be a specific country when you're visualizing it, but if you can get into the feeling of what that's like, that expansiveness, that joy, that upliftment, then that helps the universe and the creative forces that move through us to create a resonance with those elements that make it more likely for those to manifest for you. If we hold on to our vision with a stranglehold, then, you know, we've really ch put a choke on the flow of energy. So it's kind of a both and that, that we, we think about it, we feel what it would be like, and then let it go. And then see what happens next, what inspiration comes, what impulse comes. And then you must take some action. And it can be a very small step. Could be that you're going to put together a vision board. Or you're going to start saving money. Or you're going to do some research, right? And, and look at different places to give you ideas. So you have to take some action then to bring that desire into, into um, physical form, physical reality. And while it can be helpful to have a time frame, spirit really doesn't operate much on time. Um, you know, spirit is not functioning necessarily in fourth dimensional experience like we here on earth are. So it's okay to have time, but just don't get too hung up on the exact timing. So this, this quality of receptivity is another thing 
that is really helpful to have in the creative process. Like sometimes we, we in the United States or we in Western cultures anyway, um, get very goal focused and very willful about trying to make things happen. And we can forget to be receptive, to allow things to come to us, you know, to kind of magnetize with our intention and attention um, to pull in the good. And so one of the things I learned to do when I was just starting out my coaching business was to do a visualization. Like I, I didn't have any clients and I was actually going on a walk with a friend and I was telling her about this visualization that that I found helpful. And so I took a moment to do it. And what I imagined was that I was breathing in light from the universe into the top of my head, into my heart, filling it up with love, and then sending it out on the out breath through this light filled web that goes through the whole earth and around humanity. And I was sending out these beads of light and then imagining that they were gathering and bringing the people towards me that would most benefit from the, from the work that I offer. So I was breathing out this light and then seeing it sort of coalesce in these little pearlescent balls and coming back directly into my heart. And then I do another cycle, bringing in light through my crown, filling it up into my heart, and then offering that on the out breath as if I'm sending my gifts out into the world. And then as I breathe back in, receiving, allowing those people that would resonate with those qualities that I offer to find me. And lo and behold, before the end of the walk, it was literally like 10 minutes later, I got a phone call from my first coaching client. And I was just dumbstruck. It's like, oh my gosh, it can happen that quickly. But again, if we have too much expectation or put too much pressure on how and when it's supposed to manifest, we can kind of gum up the works. I, I had actually gone to the first two weeks because a friend, a dear friend, also wanted to do yoga teacher training at Kripalu. And she invited me to come with her and paid for my first two weeks. It was such a gift. So we had a great time. And she continued on and did her month-long training, but I really couldn't do a whole month. I, I was working at the time. And so it was probably six or eight months later, and I was newly pregnant, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I've got to finish this yoga teacher training before I have my child. And I need to raise some money here. I don't know how I can do it. And I remember talking to this one fellow. And he said, well, why don't you send out a letter and ask people that you know to sponsor you? And then in return, when you get back from your, con your yoga teacher training workshop, where you get to share, you know, what you learned. And, and that's a great way to thank them. I thought, well, that was kind of cool. So I wrote up a letter and I think I sent out maybe just to 15 people. And what I really needed to raise, I figured out was not only the tuition for the, for the two weeks, 
but enough money to also cover my bills for those two weeks. So I essentially needed $1,500. And I think it was within something like, I don't know, eight days, eight to 12 days, it was less than two weeks of sending out that letter, I received exactly $1,500. I was dumbfounded. And so I called up Kripalu and I asked to be, you know, signed up and registered for the yoga teacher training that was starting in January. And I was told, sorry, it's already full. And I was like, no, I'm going to be four months pregnant. And I just raised all this money. And I've got to do the training. And she said, well, I can put you on the wait list. And I said, well, how many people do you let into the workshop? And she said, 75. And I said, and how many people do you have on the wait list? She says, well, we, we, we have 10 right now. You would be number 11. I said, oh, okay. Well, in the past, how many people usually get into training from the wait list? She says, oh, usually one or two, maybe three. I'm like, oh, okay. And so I was like walking around the next couple of weeks just kind of insisting, you know, come on universe, you got to get me in there. And I don't know how it was that it occurred to me or whether someone said this to me or something I read or I just maybe got tired of holding on to it so tightly. But I decided I just needed to let it go and leave it up to the universe to decide if this is the right thing, it'll happen. And I am going to have to just trust here. And that is really scary, right? When you really want something, you don't want to leave it up to fate. You don't want to trust something you can't see and touch. You know, you want to do what you can to make it happen. But that's hard on you. It's really hard on your heart. It's hard on your system. It stresses you out. So I let it go. And, you know, the, the analogy really is very similar to doing a yoga posture. You sort of intentionally and willfully... Um, enter into your pose and then at some point at least in the tradition that I was trained in it's really helpful to let go of the will and let the posture hold you let the posture work its magic and receive from the posture and then to really just attune to your body and your breath and you'll know when it's time to release you'll just get the signal but sometimes you have to hang out at this edge where it's really kind of uncomfortable before you've decided to really let go. And that's kind of where I was in that process. And sure enough, I think it was like a week or two before the training was going to start, I got a phone call from Kripalu welcoming me to the training. Somehow it worked out. I don't know how. But that was, that was such a lesson for me. There was another time when I was starting out with my private practice and I needed an office space and I had been laid off from my job. I was still working. I was still um, receiving severance for four months and I was going to open my office in the third month of my severance. So I knew that I, you know, it's going to be running out of money pretty quickly and I didn't have any clients yet. And um, so I didn't want to spend a whole lot on an office space, but I wanted a really nice building and a really nice office space. And I just happened to be looking in 
the ads for Psychology Today because that's where I was going to place an ad for my business. And I happened upon, so I was visioning that I'd like to either have an office in um, Yarmouth or an office in Brunswick. And so I was looking in Psychology Today and sure enough, there was this therapist who was advertising that she was subletting her office space in Brunswick. Now, it wasn't just Brunswick I wanted. I wanted this specific road in Brunswick called Park Row, where there are these beautiful historic buildings, you know, beautifully maintained, and they're overlooking the the town common. And those are pretty pricey. But she worked days and only saw clients in the evenings and on the weekends. And so I could rent the office three days a week for like $200. And I just couldn't believe that I could find an office space. And here it was already furnished. And it was a great way to start out. And then I realized I really wanted my own space. And you know, I was using her furniture and it was kind of dingy and just didn't have that sparkle to it that I really wanted. You can offer them like a gratitude. And after a couple of years, she emailed me and said that she was moving and did I want to take over her space. And so I got to have this beautiful office space and furnish it myself for seven years. And then I ended up closing it because of COVID and now I just work remotely. But that was such a sweet gift. And to think that I was able to manifest it using that same principle of visualizing what I wanted, feeling what that would feel like to be in that place, you know, on that street, uh, in this charming little downtown with an affordable rent, and then to be able to have it be my own office. And so it's, it's not like everything works out perfectly, right? Like we just, we don't know. Sometimes Sometimes if we're carrying a vibration of wanting things that are kind of in opposition to each other, like maybe we think we want something, but we have a a limiting belief that we don't deserve it or we can't have it or it would be bad for somebody else if we did it. So we can have these like inner conflicts. And then that's important to kind of tease out like what's getting in the way of me really allowing myself to want what I want. And again, I run into people who, in my private practice, who are super conscientious, and they feel badly for wanting what they want as if it's being greedy. But I really liked what Esther Hicks had to say in one of her recordings that I heard. And that is that we're always evolving. And it's not greedy to want more. Like once we get what we want, We want to continue the expansion process, not necessarily immediately, but down the road. You know, something else is going to spark our interest. Something else is going to um, really elevate our vibration. And so give yourself permission to want what you want and to then leave that if you want to expand in a different direction. Leave that behind. Like that might have been the perfect stepping stone for the next thing that you're going to create. So I hope this is helpful. I hope you have fun creating. 
You know, it certainly can be scary and it certainly can be accompanied by a lot of doubt. But you know what I like to say is if you're going to doubt, doubt the doubt. <laughs> doubt that your that your doubt is going to prevent you from getting what you want. And doubt the fear. The fear isn't necessarily real. It's not based in fact. You know, fear is just sort of the compounding of doubt and insecurity and maybe some memories of some bad experiences that you just have to allow it to come up to be felt, to be acknowledged, and to be released, and then to refocus on what it is that would uplift you, that would bring you joy, that would allow you to shine your light in the world. Because heaven knows we need your light in the world. So have fun creating. If you have questions or you'd like to make comments, I'd love to hear from you. Thanks for tuning in. Tune in again next week. Thank you.